Welcome, everyone, to the Weekly Discussion Podcast. Happy Holy Week. Happy Holy Week. <laughs> I'm Pastor Kyle. And I'm Pastor Holly. How are you doing, Pastor Holly? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Yeah. This is my favorite week. I know. So I love this week. great. I almost said past, or Happy Holy Week. Happy Holy Week. In fact, the other day, uh, it was I don't remember, one of my kids caught something because like, it was something that I was writing. Uh, I think one of my kids came to my office and I was working on uh, Palm Sunday Easter messages. Yeah. And uh, I said some. I wrote uh, Holy Week, but unfortunately, I put an extra L. So they looked. They looked at me, and they were teasing, like Happy Holy Week. Happy, I mean, <laughs> that's okay. We can do maybe not the same week as Holy Week. Like yeah. that might that that's probably not good. No. But uh, but yeah, I mean, let's just let's just set aside a different week. Yeah, totally. Just Holy Week. Holy Week. That'd be great. No holy problem. and then slash Holy. I mean, it's it works. Oh, yeah. You, you are very much like Jesus. <laughs> Well, I don't. I mean, the weeks the or the events of uh, Holy Week. I don't know that that's what I yeah. want to emulate in uh, in Holy Week. Yeah, yeah. really. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Uh, it'd be a little uh, little uh, painful. That's that's less um, fun to think about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, yeah. So we are in Holy Week, and uh, it's a really fun. We love this season. It's uh, one of the best. You know, most celebratory uh, and meaningful weeks, I think, in the church calendar. Yeah, and and I said in the message, but this week always just feels different to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's the expectation of getting to the Holy Week celebrations and remembrances. Yeah, because I think Good Friday to me is it's this that is this weird like combination of both a deeply felt remembering like grieving for what Jesus did. Yes. But also it is celebratory because his uh, crucifixion brings salvation. Yes, absolutely. To me, Good Friday, um, the the sense that I have on Good Friday is very similar to the sense I might have at a at a funeral or memorial service yeah. uh, for someone who who knows the Lord. Yeah. Um, to to grieve that and the um, the weight of that, uh, but at the same time, the rejoicing, the celebration of the life that they lived and also the rejoicing of knowing that they are, um, knowing that their uh, own resurrection uh, has now, um, that, that that's what their death will lead to. Yeah. So it's, of course, different than thinking about Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, but this emotional sense for yeah. me is very similar. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we're... we're uh... We're a little bit ahead of ourselves here because yeah. it's just been Palm Sunday, but it's, it's important <laughs> to uh, it's important to talk about it because uh, next week, you know, we'll be after uh, after our Easter celebration yeah. for our next podcast. So, uh, yeah, I, I those days after Good Friday to me are really meaningful too. Yeah. Like before we between Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, it just I always have a sense of I don't know I don't know how to describe it. It feels to me like quiet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is sometimes. I mean, I, we hear um, that Saturday in between is sometimes called Holy Saturday, right. but I've also heard it Silent Saturday. Yeah. Which, and I think that's a very fitting name. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to to getting to that. Uh, there's also another uh, day that is typically celebrated as part of Holy Week, which we really haven't done, or uh, Protestant churches don't do too much, mm-hmm. depending on how high church they are or litur- uh, liturgical they are right. which is called monday thursday yes which yeah. is typically a day to gather and uh often you, you might have seder meals mm-hmm. on that day and just kind of as a remembrance of uh the last supper with jesus and his yes. disciples yeah I, I was able to participate in a in uh, a monday thursday dinner yeah. and service um 
a, a few years ago here at Crossview. So some of you who were here may have uh, may have participated in that. It was some time ago. Um, but oh, what a neat experience! Yeah, yeah and we we washed each other's feet, and we, um, which might sound really weird to you, but if you know the <laughs> yeah. story of the Last Supper, then that's a really really important part of it. So, yes, totally. Um, it was a cool experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that's... after we ate. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, yeah. Well, so we just we just came through Palm Sunday and uh I didn't I didn't tell you I was gonna ask you this, Pastor Holly, Uh-oh. but like um I, I love Palm Sunday. Yeah. Uh I think it's been uh growing in significance uh as an experience and you know, a meaningful focus on scripture for yeah. me over the years, especially yeah. if I had to I've had to preach on it multiple times. What are some of the things that uh, you you like about Palm Sunday? Oh, um, that's a great question. So I what I what one of my favorite things about Palm Sunday is the tradition that we have in the church um, that I did when I was a kid and now we continue um, with our own kids here at Crossview, which is the the procession of the palms yes. on Palm Sunday. So during the church service, if you were with us yesterday, you saw this, that um, we uh, we have palm fronds. Yeah, yeah. Is the individuals They're like, called a frond or I is that the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing is the the, pr- the, the frond. Oh my the, goodness. The fr- I can't even frond, speak. The frond. The frond. Yeah. Uh, but I think the the little ones that we hand out are called strips, palm strips. Oh, strips. Yeah. Okay, that's easy enough. So yeah. the strips from the palm frond from the yes. palm tree. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I got it. Basically, leaves. People, yes. We took leaves and uh, handed them out. And then during a song where we sing Hosanna, um, the uh, the kids march around the sanctuary waving these palm yeah. strips, uh, which is very reminiscent of uh, of the story of Palm yeah. Sunday, um, which we'll talk about. And I just love that because it's so joyful yes. and it's such um, such a wonderful time of just recognizing who Jesus is yeah. and praising Him for that. I think also there is that sense too of we know the story in Scripture, what happens after the. Um, the the Palm Sunday in uh, in Scripture and it's very sobering. It's very yeah. difficult, mm-hmm. um, and that is an opportunity to uh, to examine, I think, our own hearts, yeah, and, uh, and how we worship Jesus and what that means and how um, uh, does it go beyond uh, seeing Jesus in this in this. Um, way that brings us to a maybe a high state of worship that's wonderful and good and so powerful but also will we also follow him into sorrowful places so good. and painful places yes yeah. yes that's so good i think that's part of the journey of holy week yeah uh, if done well yeah uh, that we should enter into um, but can be difficult it can be difficult yeah yeah for sure we were just talking about the the fun the, there's a fun element of the the palms the palm branches which didn't talk about too much in the sermon yesterday but um so th- that is kind of an enthroning act in the story uh, with Jesus by the people uh and they pick up branches and palm branches and they'll wave those um and they shout uh you know hosanna hallelujah which is a a hebrew word that just essentially means save us now yeah and uh it also has these really cool historical connections to another kind of, uh, well, military kind of victory era of their their history called the Maccabees, um, and so that the palms were kind of the uh, symbol of the victory, the victorious kind of aspect of 
of their history. Yeah. But it was also this kind of enthroning act because it's it's also kind of connected to the idea of that they had for what the Messiah is. So right. it kind of works on a couple of levels. Yeah. Which is really kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but in this in this story, I think even for the people, there's a little bit of a mix of of um, of intentions there, uh, an expectation of a political change, but also. Um, this idea behind the messianic connection. Um, and we do it, though, as a symbol of Jesus as Lord and Savior uh, yes. for each of us Yes, and in his invitation to the kingdom of God. We have the tremendous benefit of knowing the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> the people who were there that day did not, were not fully aware or understood what was uh, what was going to happen. Right. So. Which is part of the, the I think, for me— uh, I think that the Palm Sunday scene is so fascinating mm-hmm. as a story itself. It's so dynamic and captivating for a lot of the for some of those reasons. Like there is this mix between kind of these political expectations and these um you know deeply held religious hopes. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh what the people have expected in terms of their savior, their messiah. Uh and so can people see clearly uh, that they've got a mix of those things, yeah. of those different uh, expectations and hopes, right? That's part of the the dynamic nature of this story is like, I'm not sure that they can clearly see what's happening. That's part of the whole point. <laughs> right, right. I think it's really easy to get caught up in that, isn't it? When we feel like there's, I think this is true for the the people in the story and even for us today, when we see things happening in our world that we think, oh, this is, we we need help. We need someone to step in. We need um, a savior here. Yeah. And we sometimes can feel that because of what's happening around us and yeah. because of the political environment and because of uh, uh, what's uh What's happening in our world, um, it is easy to sometimes think, oh, we we really need we really need a savior to yeah. come and fix this political mess. Right. right? Um, and that that is part of what was happening here, yep. as you said, as the Jewish people were living under the thumb of the Roman Empire yep. and and um, not able to live as freely as they um, should have been able yeah. to. And um so they mix, yeah, they mix those things together. Yeah. I think we sometimes mix those things together oh, yeah. today too. Yeah. Totally, I think that's been a a, a, a characteristic of of our culture, especially yeah. in, in a more significant way over these past several years. Yeah, uh, and so that's a, it's a way that we can relate to this story and enter into it because we kind of understand what is happening here right. uh, in the mix of those those things uh, as well. So that it kind of is brings us into another kind of cool way of, of interesting story or the fascinating natures of, of what's happening here, which is um, we need to understand also that this is, uh, there's a lot of people in the city of Jerusalem for a very particular reason. Mm-hmm. It's the Passover festival. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Probably one of the biggest festivals in Jewish history uh, and celebration Yeah, because it celebrates, it remembers and celebrates God's delivering uh, their people from Egypt yes. way back in Exodus, so book two of the Old Testament, right? Uh, and the the Hebrew people had been enslaved for over 400 years. Yeah. And so uh, God delivered the people from slavery, brought them, you know, it took a while, but brought them through the desert to yeah. the promised land. And so um, God's delivering the people and providing for them so I'll say it this way. God's delivering people from an oppressive government. Right, right. <laughs> That's what's remembered and celebrated at the Passover. Yes, 
Yeah, and we could look at it in different ways too, but that is absolutely how it was celebrated. Yeah. Is the, the freedom from this this oppressive government. And um and at the time that uh that uh Jesus was entering Jerusalem here. The Jewish people had been living under an oppressive government for a, a, a long time, long time. Uh, and, and were waiting for that kind yep. of saving to happen again. So they were ready. They were primed for this, and Passover is a, a tremendous reminder. It's also really yeah. important in the whole book of John. We see yes. the time of the Passover was approaching yeah. several several times. I, I mean, we've said this before, but the Exodus story is a seminal story in all of Scripture. Yes. It's referenced a lot through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and is one of the kind of yeah, seminal moments of and remembrances that God can actually do this type of work. He does actually save. He does, yes. does actually renew. He does provide. Yes. Um, and there's so much more to it. But you see it referenced a lot in Scripture. Yeah. And like you said, specifically in John here and in this story in it's particular. A, it's, a very, it's a very positive celebration. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. really, really important. So we could talk about it as, oh, they didn't see what was happening. But it's actually like Passover is a really important yeah. reminder of uh, of God's faithfulness and provision, as we've been yeah. talking about a little bit these last few weeks yes. uh, as well. So it's a, it's a good thing to celebrate. Yeah. From the Roman perspective, it's like frightening, though. Absolutely. Because it means, oh, no, these people rebelled once. Right. Uh, and with God's help, they were, you know, they were... Uh, given the freedom from this <laughs> oppressive government in Egypt, so yeah. uh, they are a little nervous. We talked; I think we talked about that a couple of years ago. We mm-hmm. talked about the um, the kind of different processions that would have come into the town at that point. So yeah. the the Roman governor and the military to try to like tell everyone we're in charge, keep everything calm, right? right. And then like Jesus display of power, yeah, yeah. A display of power. So this certainly would have been something that they would have been concerned about. So. So in one sense, uh, it's the part of the chaos of this situation is it's very politically chaotic. chaotic. Yes. There's lots yes. of mix of, of, of political implications right. as Jesus enters the city. The other thing is uh, uh, it's uh, so it's it's a new so we talk, yeah so we talked about politically chaotic. It's numerically chaotic. There's lots of people that would have come to this festival. Yes. So typically. Scholars think there's about 25,000 to 30,000 people that would have like normally just lived in and around the city. Mm-hmm. And Josephus, one of the, um, a Jewish historian who was not Christian, um, which is why this is important because he records stuff about Jesus. Uh, right. And uh, it, it was, he said that he writes that there's probably two, over 2 million people that come to the city or come in and around the city yeah. for the Passover festival. So that's, t- that's crazy. <laughs> That's really crazy. That yeah. that if you think about the magnitude of growth there, like yeah. how did the city even sustain that? I don't right. know. A lot of people in of people. this what we would see as a very small city. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's politically chaotic. It's numerically chaotic. And the other fun thing is for this year, we have focused on the Book of John and mm, and the story yeah. of John. Uh, the the Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem is an event that's recorded in all four Gospels, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, and then if you know about the Gospels, uh, you know that typically Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, are, are considered, they're very similar in some of the content and how they're written. Yes. Uh, and then there's John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is just different. Kind of does his own thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the three, the uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, are what are known as the synoptic gospels. Yeah. And then John is not uh, included in the synoptic gospels. They're all four gospels. They all tell the story of Jesus and about his life. Yeah. But John's stories are a little bit different and sometimes in a different order. And um, so it's really fun. 
It's uh, fascinating. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. So John's telling of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is a bit different than the other Gospels. And one of the things that I that's really kind of fun is that, so John chapter 12 is where we find this story about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. But another, one of the, uh, a really significant story in the book of John is the chapter just before, John chapter 11, mm-hmm. where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Yes. I love this story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and actually, you're studying this story for, yeah. for a, a project in seminary. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we retold the story just really briefly in the message, but uh, Jesus is friends with uh, the family of Lazarus and his yeah. sisters. Uh, they live in Bethany, which is a town not too far away from Jerusalem. Walking distance. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, to, we there's there's some record of Lazarus being somewhat known in the area. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not like Jesus just, you know, uh, brought back to life some someone that that is just some random person, someone unknown, which we see yeah. in the in some of the other in the synoptic gospels. We yeah. see people raise or Jesus raising people from from the dead um, who may not be known. Yeah. So the story is in the gospels, but probably not anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you so you have Jesus raising um a, someone who had some notoriety. Yeah. Someone who lives fairly close to the city. And in this culture, that news is going to get out, and it's going to get out quickly. Yes. <laughs> and so yes. this plays a part in the triumphal entry as well, because um, it would have caused a, a stir. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons that the news spread so quickly is because there was actually a bit of a crowd there to see it happen. Yes. Because Lazarus was dead. He was in uh, a tomb, and there was a crowd of mourners there uh, who, who witnessed his resurrection. Yeah. Which, you know, they were from Jerusalem. So then they went back to Jerusalem, I, I'm going to assume, and this news spread really fast. Yeah, really yeah. fast. So it's really fun. At the end of John chapter 11, we read this. This is starting in verse 45. It says, many of the people who were with Mary, um, this is Mary, and this is watching what happened at the the raising of Lazarus. Yes. Uh, who were with Mary, believed in Jesus when they saw this happen, and this is the raising of Lazarus. Lazarus. Uh, but some of the some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. The leading Pharisee uh, priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Mm-hmm. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Oh, you hear the fear in yeah. that? Yeah, totally. And so then the very next verse, uh, it's now time. It's now it was almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early, uh, and they kept looking for Jesus. Uh, and then I love the people, because they know kind of what's happening. They know some of the tension, and then these they ask these questions. What do you think? Do you, He won't come for the Passover, will he? <laughs> Meanwhile, the leading priests and the Pharisees publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so that they could arrest him. This is just a really good story. I know. It's so it's fascinating. It's an incredible story. Like yes. the tension is building. Right. This is remarkable. Yeah, you can you can feel the tension and hear the fear yeah. of the of the Jewish religious leaders yeah. and uh and and the the wonder of the people like is is he going to show up? Right. Totally. And what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. And we should probably go. And yeah, see yeah, what let's go, check, let's it go check it out. In fact, in in the it just as we get into chapter 12 just a little bit, then it says all of the people heard uh when all of the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to him. 
Yes. Uh, but I love this also. They flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, yeah. <laughs> the man who Jesus raised from the dead. And that's when it says that the, the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A big wow. problem. So, okay. We, we did this in the message too. There's, we're setting up this incredibly chaotic scene. Mm-hmm. It's politically chaotic. It's numerically chaotic. It's emotionally chaotic yeah. because of what's happened here with Lazarus. And so... I, we wanted to make the point about what it happens as Jesus enters in, because there's a there's a, a high possibility that Jesus could could have, if he wanted to, add to the chaos. Absolutely, could have caused a, a revolt. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Romans were afraid of, mm-hmm. and that's what people wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and and so Jesus could have said, "Okay, everyone, let's fight." Right. Let's go. It's we're in Jerusalem, you know. Uh, let's take the temple. Yeah. Can you imagine? Because millions of people in Jerusalem, that almost all of them there because they were to celebrate the Passover. So right. they were they were ready for this, and they were longing yeah. for that kind of uh, salvation again. And and now they have someone that they see as a leader. Right. Yeah. And so I just, as I was reading this again this this year, uh, I just. I connected so much with the sense of the chaos of yes. what was happening in that scene. Not just personally. I mean, I think all of us, whether we're going through, a, whether our lives feel chaotic now or not, we've all gone through seasons sure. like that. Yeah. I think our world and our culture feels chaotic in a lot of ways yeah. and more chaotic with less hope, at least in my experience, than I think I've experienced before. Just seems to be getting real bad sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that in our in our worlds today, and everything is so um, so known. We have yeah. such a such an yeah. information cycle that we can see the chaos that's happening all around, and and mm-hmm. chaos breeds chaos, yes. right? So, yeah. uh, as we hear what's happening everywhere, things big and small, it feels like it's all happening everywhere all at once, yeah. right? And it right. is. Yeah, uh, it's a great. It's very point. chaotic. Yeah, yeah. But what we see Jesus doing, and this has just hit me like a ton of bricks this time when I was reading through this, what we see Jesus doing is he, t- he his words and his actions, do they don't add to the chaos of the situation. Right. They do completely the opposite. Uh, so rather than riding in on a war horse, like let's say the, the, the most recent like military politically political ruler, the Maccabees, might yeah. have done. Right. <laughs> Rolling into town and calling for everyone to fight. Jesus rides in on a donkey. Yes. A humble symbol for the people that's connected to the messianic prophecies uh, in Zechariah chapter Mm 9, where it says that your king will ride in humble on a donkey. (laughs) It's like, wait... We've said this before, we, like because I because I kind of like being playful with it. But it's like people are seeing Jesus ride in on a donkey, and they're like, "What that you're doing it wrong?" Yes, like, go get a war horse. Yeah, yeah. I could almost sense this uh, this feeling of not only are you you know you're you're doing it wrong. Where's your horse? But also <laughs> the do you, like are you making a fool of yourself? Yes. In, in a sense, there right. Like, yes. do you not see that this is going to be uh, to to bring mocking from? The Romans mocking from the people who do have the war horses. What are you doing? Yes. You're making us look bad. You're making us look bad. Totally. So, but so he rides in on this donkey, this humble symbol. Um, and then, you know, he, Jesus here, because what he's, I think I love it. It's like Jesus, uh, in this story, 
Jesus is like the voice of the person that says, okay, everyone, let's take a deep breath. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who has enough insight to say this situation is 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 not it's like a tinderbox, right? right? It could blow up at any moment. Let's just all take a deep breath. He's like a non-anxious presence in the midst of all the craziness who can actually bring something other than more chaos. Yeah. And what I love about this is that Jared, uh, Jesus brings some clarity and peace. He he rolls into town as the king of peace. Yes. I love it. That that's such a beautiful image and so striking because we know from uh from this story from this text that Jesus uh was aware that uh that that his his death was coming soon. He knew that his his time had come. Uh we we see evidence of that and uh even with that knowledge and that understanding um he comes in as the king of peace. Right. I mean, he calls, yeah, he, he calls everyone to uh, a different way of life. Yeah. One that is shaped by love for other people, love yes. for God, one that calls us to put away the swords. I Absolutely. mean, even yes. in Zechariah 9, which is the, um, let's see if I can find it here in my notes, uh, Zechariah chapter 9, it says about this Messiah that it talks about it at some point, which mm-hmm. is Jesus is embodying this. It says, I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. Mm. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle and your king will bring peace to the nations and peace to our hearts, right? Yes. Um, his realm will stretch from sea to sea, from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. I love it. There's so many elements and aspects of the idea of peace all over what Jesus is doing here. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so uh, this is so, it's so key. And I, I think I just, it just hit me really in a significant way this year in the context, in our own context, mm-hmm. in my own personal context. It's like, okay, Jesus is the way to peace. And that's yes. his invitation to us. Absolutely. Yes, that's so, so beautiful. I love that passage talking about removing the war horses and the weapons and all of those things and and how we can see the people here in, interpreting that or understanding that as you're going to wipe out yeah. the the artillery of our enemies. Yeah. Um, and what Jesus is doing is saying, we are not going to use war horses and we are not going to use weapons. We're going to lay down our own uh, weapons of war. Yeah. Um, Regardless of what the enemy is doing, we right. are we are going to be people of peace. Yes. And then as we get into next Sunday as yeah. well, he provides the way for us to do that Yes, uh, in his death and his resurrection so that we can actually be people of peace and love, founded in love that's not of our own making, but right. of God, God's provision that works through us yes. to other people. Oh my goodness. Oh. So great. In fact, wow. just as we end... I, I we we ended our message with this last thing, but as we just think about what we were just talking about there, um, in just a couple of chapters, when Jesus is having dinner with his his disciples, um, he'll say this to them: uh, "My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Uh, don't let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid." Ooh. And we again that thread of "do not be afraid" all yes. the way. Uh, throughout uh, Old Testament and New Testament, and how that's tied to the kind of peace that Jesus can provide. Yes. Yeah. So, wow. 
get your palm branches, everybody. <laughs> Wave them for the King of Peace. And just I just invite you to uh, prayerfully uh, just come before Jesus and say, okay, where, where am I in chaos in my life? And what does that look like? And, and what might Jesus be doing? Uh, how can I accept the invitation uh, to peace in his way of peace? Uh, might be a really good reflection for these next few days as we head into uh, Thursday, Friday, and then next Sunday. Absolutely. That's yeah. good. All right, everybody. Later on. Thank you.